0: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington. And today we're going to talk about how to keep your kids busy this summer. Mary Catherine Carmichael could not be with us today. I think she's keeping her kid Dylan busy today. (laughs) But we do have three guests. Joshua Wolfe is the Monroe County Public Library Children's Services Manager. Uh, Lisa Champelli is the Assistant Manager. And the Ellisville Children's Librarian Stephanie Holman is also here. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Welcome to all of you.
1: Hello. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for being here. I've already been warned that they're all storytellers. So (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fun. It should be fun. Um, I I have to ask uh, the Bloomington Library people about the flood. That's my first question. Everybody wants to know, uh, there's a lot of water down there. What happened to the library?
2: Uh, well, that's actually funny because uh, one of our completely unflappable staff members, Kathy Dyer, called to the back and said, Josh, come out. We've got a leak. And I went running out with uh, a trash can. And she said, that's not going to do it. <laughs> because If you've been down there, we have those glass walls right. facing Grant Street. And it was like looking into an aquarium. Oh my! Gosh. There was like two feet of water you could see underneath it, and it was just leaking in under the door uh-huh. and uh, back by the staff entrance, too. So we just had to run and. Get extractors. Yeah.
0: So, so what happened? I mean, how? did anything get damaged? A lot of carpet.
3: Yeah, the carpet, but we did not have any damage to the books or uh, some of the computer workstations that were near there too were not hurt at all. That's
0: good. So everything's running smoothly now today, two days later? Yeah. That's,
2: yeah, the dust and water have settled.
0: That's good. As smoothly as things ever <laughs> run.
2: All right. Well, I want
0: to uh, – I guess we can start, start just by talking about the, the summer reading program
2: because I know that's a,
0: a big program for you. Uh, who wants to start?
2: Da, da, da. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's Catch the Reading Bug. <laughs> we have a new theme every year, and it comes down to us from the State Library. And it's been going now since May 23rd. In May, we already gave out at the main branch uh, 1,172 guides. So 1,172 kids uh, have already joined up And I don't know, Over spell?
1: 500 that first uh startup period in May and now we're up to a little over 600 at the Ellisville branch
2: so this is big for us because they all come crashing in in like a week it was sort of like the flood you know we have <laughs> the flood of children that we sort of brace ourselves for well, so, we
1: do we do invite them don't we <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so that's that's 1,772 children roughly
2: give or take a few that's just at the main at the main and the well
3: main. and, and, so, and far, so far
2: Main and Elville
3: and they can also participate on the bookmobile we haven't received numbers yet for how oh, many right. children receive their guides on the bookmobile oh,
0: Okay, so how old are these kids?
3: Anywhere from birth to... uh, birth on Up, really, uh, the target audience or the majority that we see are, are generally around first through third grade. It yeah. uh, Seems to be the most popular age, but, but it's open to children of all ages. Yeah, Birth on
0: Up is pretty open-ended. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Could I participate, for instance? We do say complete <laughs> <at> sixth grade. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. We
3: emphasize children oh, of all okay. ages. <laughs> all right.
0: All right. So how many uh, different librarians
2: do you have working with these kids? We have a large staff. There are uh, four of us professional librarians, mm-hmm. and then there are how many paraprofessionals? Uh, five in
3: paraprofessionals. Right
2: right and we've got two interns now and a host of teen volunteers who are helping out uh-huh
3: and uh SLIS, uh volunteers from the school of library and information science as well okay we we really recruit uh as many <laughs> extra hands <laughs> as we can get during the summer we yeah. really see our our participation uh, increase tremendously
0: all right so catch the reading bug so explain how this works i mean i'm i bring in my uh let's see i'm i'm a storyteller too <laughs> I bring in my seven-year-old son, and I want him to have a great time this summer and and read some good books. So what's going to happen to him?
1: Well, what we do is we welcome you to the desk, and Mm -hmm. out at the Ellettsville branch, I'm the only children's services librarian out there. But we're all dependent on the clerks at the checkout desk and especially at the branch. A lot of our uh, implementation of the program happens at the checkout desk and at the information desk. So we all pitch in and they actually – all the staff looks forward to it and uh, um, are very good at inviting the children. Oh, have you gotten your reading game yet? And most of them are are really making a beeline, if you don't mind the pun, <laughs> to the library uh, for this game. And they come in and they say things like – can I have that? Can I have that reading thing? Or or do you have that that bug? I want the bug, and uh, and and occasionally the the reading game board. But at the checkout desk and information desk, we will hand the child this game board that they put their first and last name on, and we then uh, uh, ascertain how long they've played this game and how much explanation they need. And uh, if they're very young or new to the community or or didn't hear us when we went to the schools because we do a lot of explaining of our game at the school promotional events that we do. We visit every school in the Monroe County Community School System and the Richland Beam Blossom School System in May mm-hmm. promoting this. So a lot of them know how to play the game to begin with, but and they just they are so empowered by their knowledge of how to play this game because it's, it's not a simple, easy-to-play game. It has four parts to it, uh-huh. and, and they can mix it up and play it any way they want so they feel really empowered on how to play it. But some of those younger kids, um, especially the, the parents who are involving their children who are preschool, they need an explanation on how to make, adapt this game board for their pre-reader or their new reader. And uh, so we'll launch into a longer explanation or a short one, and then we point out the different areas in the library where they can begin to play the game and always offer that help to find books, and off they go. And, they start mm-hmm.
3: their game.
1: And essentially, the game has four
3: different uh, parts to it, and it's a chance for children to earn points for uh, doing different literacy activities throughout the summer. And of course, we're emphasizing reading for fun. And so anytime they finish reading a book, or they have someone read aloud to them for 30 minutes or longer, or if they're listening to stories on cassette or CD, and and they can choose whatever it is that they would like to read, uh, we emphasize that, that they get to choose uh, things that are of interest to them. Whether it's uh, magazines, graphic novels, information books, their favorite stories that they've read uh, at home a hundred times—you mm-hmm. um, know—they <laughs> they get to decide. So and, they get a
0: point for each time they read it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. And then uh, there's a couple other literacy activities that they can do. On our website, we have a computer question each week. And this year, our emphasis is on bugs. And so every week, there's a new question about bugs. Very popular with adults. (laughs) A chance to find out more than than you might ever thought you'd know about (laughs) bugs. Uh, So that's something that you can do at any time uh, for folks who have Internet access from home. They can do it from home or when they come into the library, we can help them find that page. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a challenge activity in the library this year. um, There's a choice of either reading a rebus story, which is a story that has both words and pictures to go along with the story. And um, uh, we encourage uh, parents or adults who are in with younger children to read through this story with them. And then uh, older elementary children might like to try solving the secret message of the week, which is spelled out in pictures of bugs.
4: Oh, it sounds
0: like fun. It sounds yeah. like an adult thing to do. Yeah, uh, right. and it's a
1: literacy-based activity uh-huh. that is designed to bring them into one of our facilities. The weekly challenge element, which is the third element, there's reading books, uh, the computer question, the weekly challenge. We uh, want them to develop uh, a weekly habit, uh-huh. and then the, the fourth one, is programs. Uh Come to our programs.
0: Okay. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to remind our listeners that uh, our guests today are Joshua Wolf, who's the Monroe County Public Library Children's Services Manager and Assistant Manager Lisa Champelli and the Ellettsville Children's Librarian Stephanie Holman. These are three people that I can tell have way too much fun at work. (laughs) That's right. And and so if you have questions about uh, what you might want to do with your young child or your young grandchild this summer, um, please give us a call at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. So – In the summer uh, reading program, you have a different theme every year. As you said, bugs are big this year. What was last year?
2: Get a, clue. Get, a Get a clue. I don't know. Right, And we said that with quotes around it quite a bit yeah. to, to one another. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get a clue at your library. Yeah. It was very mystery-oriented. Uh-huh. And I just want to say, too, you mentioned uh, the fun aspect, but really this grew up within the library industry because there was a lot of natural re- uh, national research that sort of indicated that there was what they called summer reading loss. It came out of Johns Hopkins and places, and kids were losing about two months of their reading skills. Or uh, like 22 percent, and the teachers were having to make that up in the fall, mm-hmm. and then over successive summers, this was con- you know contributing to like a widening gap mm-hmm. uh, between uh, different socioeconomic classes. So the libraries, we, we do try to make it fun, but there was actually <laughs> uh, you know we really felt like we were filling a need yeah uh, in the community. And yeah, no offense about that fun
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, hey, we're actually really serious. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, man. Right. <laughs> so is there any research to show how this program has filled that gap? What the success?
3: There's really quite a bit of research um, that shows how public libraries have helped children either maintain or, or even sometimes improve their reading levels just by participating in uh, regular reading for fun. Um, and, a, and, a, and the emphasis has been on um, free reading where, where children can choose what it is that they want to read. And it just kind of isn't intuitively makes sense that when you're getting to decide for yourself what you want to read, you're a little bit more motivated to, to do that. Um, so there, there really has been quite a bit of research um, that demonstrates the value of public libraries' summer reading programs. Okay. And just
1: 15 minutes a day. Uh, and and we try to emphasize that that 15 minutes a day, make it in a space that's a comfortable, relaxed setting. Don't make it like a school assignment. Just try to plug it in with our game and it will be more accessible for the child rather than a homework assignment. But just sit down and make this a balanced part of your day, and you'll get to the school year uh, feeling up to speed. and And we see that time and time again. Um, but but reading for fun, as you you mentioned, you know, could you read the same book over and over <laughs> yeah. again? Well, sure, if that's what they that's what's fun. If that's yeah. what's fun for them, and um, you know, they're they're retaining the the words and the and the concepts there for themselves, and um, it's their choice, and they don't have to read library books this way. This program can go with them wherever they travel this summer. So a lot of our kids leave as soon as school's out, and we don't see them again till right before school. They can take this game board with them or print it off our website, mm-hmm. and they can read whatever they want all over the planet. They can get on our website and do the computer question from far from home. It's just the uh, programs and the weekly challenge that they couldn't do from afar, but this game can be played anywhere on the planet. I'm
0: thinking they could read the Herald Times. They could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Right there. Right. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, let's talk talk
5: about the,
1: pro-
0: the programs that they could participate in during the summer.
1: Oh, Stephanie, so you want to talk about that? So mm-hmm. many and on all of them. Well, you sp- can each pick one. Okay. <laughs> uh, sponsored by our our friends of the mm-hmm. library, an extremely important group who help not only pay for this game board that we uh, produced in mass numbers for the flood of children coming in. But uh, they help us uh, uh, conduct many of this. Many we do ourselves as professional children's librarians. Mm. We we sure know how to throw a good program, don't we? Mm -hmm. Over the years, we've done lots of storytelling, craft, Uh, activity programs. I've got one called Get Buggy. Huh, imagine that. Uh, Where, uh, let's see. uh, Did you just create that one this year? (laughs) Yes, but it's designed on a program I have every year, which is a... A, an activity-based program where they walk in the room and there's six or seven activities around the room and they, you know, rotate through the, the different bug activities. And uh, here's our description. Uh, rotate through a series of buggy activity craft stations with your own bug collector and journal. Participate in a worm race. Eat food that looks like bugs. Make creepy crawly crafts and much more. So, how they
0: participate in the worm race? Yeah, well, <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> yes, with worms that are provided, and no worm will be harmed in the process. No worm, okay.
0: <laughs> or eaten.
1: No, That's, oh, no, no.
0: Let's hope not. Right, okay. Well, Lisa, how about uh, any?
3: Oh, gosh, we're doing some... Can you top that? (laughs) No, I cannot. We're doing some midweek mayhem kinds of things. Uh, Wednesdays coming up, we have uh, just a a variety of things. Josh is going to be doing some uh, juggling, uh, one of his his many talents. Badly. (laughs) And some uh, magic tricks. Uh, We'll have a a day that we focus on uh, uh, different ways of uh, jumping rope and playing hopscotch and some of the uh, classic rhymes that go along with those, making friendship break bracelets. Um, we've also invited the kids to bring in any bugs that they might find in their backyard in a sealed container, please, uh, with <laughs> air holes, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll help them uh, identify that bug with some of our reference sources.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh? All right. Uh, I really, besides the juggling. Besides the juggling, yeah. I really want to promote the Fridays. We're doing a summer drawing spectacular uh, for kids uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. Uh, Finished kindergarten through sixth grade, starting on June 13th. Every Friday from 2 to 3, pile into the library and... uh we're going to do how to, how to draw bugs, how to draw Captain Underpants, <laughs> how to draw uh, supervillains, superheroes. It will be a different theme each week. Uh-huh. And after that, most Fridays, there's going to be a movie too, a uh-huh. bug movie, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You what's the first one? Do you know? Uh, B-movie. B-movie. Isn't it? B-Movie. Yeah. I heard that.
0: I heard that on WFIU <laughs> this morning, I believe, mm-hmm. that B-movie is going to be shown.
1: And we're going to show Microcosmos out at uh, the Eltsville branch and oh. James and the Giant Peach. And
4: mm-hmm.
1: But I just want to remind that all of our programming is uh, somewhat collection-based or literature-based in that we are uh, trying to help the children have great experiences in their community with their families and other kids. So many of these kids will come to the library and see friends that they're missing this summer. But uh, it's also a chance for us to highlight different areas of the co- collection for checkout. We always have books on display, mm-hmm. and they just get checked out immediately after these programs, and people learn more about what we have to offer through these. And we've had a lot of uh, going to have a lot of professional performers that we invite. Uh, thanks again to the Friends group. We just had our first yeah. – well, yesterday, Adzook's Puppets was at both uh, facilities yesterday, and it was a fantastic program. Mm-hmm. Really good.
0: All right. Our phone number is again, 855-0811, 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about all the fun that uh, – we would all like to be having this sum- this summer but just our three guests Joshua Wolf Lisa and Champelli and Stephanie Holman actually will be having with uh, kids at the libraries in in this uh, area in Ellettsville and in Bloomington um i i want to ask about the 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 kids that do come in how for these different programs i know you probably have a range of numbers for the programs but what can you sort of identify a typical number would you have 20 kids 3 kids 150 kids
2: It totally depends on the program. We've got, you know, for Adzooks we just packed them in and we we did it in the auditorium because you can you can reach everybody, but you know, with certain leases doing some craft oriented programs that you just you know, you'll you'll cut it down and you'll limit it to like 35 and you'll have to do registration. So it does pay to come in and look at the guide or look at the website, mcpl.info, and see, because some programs are registration mm-hmm. and some are drop-in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and there you'll have a choice between uh, programs at the main library or the Ellisville branch, and one that I hope to have uh, record numbers for is a program where the Ellitsville branch is going to leave the building and go out into the community, which, which we love to do, and we're partnering with four other groups, and we'll be at Flatwoods Park. We're going to have a picnic at Flatwoods Park. This is our second year of doing this on June 10th, so next Tuesday, from 5.30 to 7.30. And you can just drop in, but with the Bloomington Hospital which will be providing a nutritious meal for everyone who attends, mm-hmm. uh, the county parks and rec, which is going to dedicate uh, a new ball field that night at 630, and then with our uh, own Edgewood Primary Family Resources Center, which is going to be giving away free books, and each child will get to decorate their own tote bag to take away. And they'll have the climbing wall there in tug-of-war, and it's just going to be a great time, and we had quite a quite a bit uh, since it's outdoors, and I, I, hope, uh, I hope to uh, beat last year's numbers. But that's just an example. Of many ways that we partner with other groups. Mm-hmm.
2: Josh, uh, I wanted to mention teen summer programs too because we did. We said oh, to grade six, but this year, which we didn't have last year, um, where there's a teen summer uh, reading program, and the teens have a, can come in and get a reading log, read ten books, and get a prize. And they're also doing uh, quite a few really cool programs of their own. Uh, they're going to decorate the library and come in and paint. I'm told, uh, (laughs) paint the graphic novel area. Uh, they have an insert your name here, anime club. Um, the summer reading program goes until August 1st. They're doing a 12 hour comic book day, actually in conjunction with the children's, uh, department on June 19th for 12 hours, uh, 9am to 9pm. Kids can come in. That's in partnership with vintage Phoenix comics. They can come in and write, draw, and they're going to try to put comic books together. They're going to have food to eat. And so, and, uh. I've said to mention Twilight by Stephanie Meyer.
1: Yeah, this book uh, is really big right now with teens uh-huh. and um What's gonna... the name of it? Twilight. Twilight? It's the first mm-hmm. in a series by author Stephanie Meyer and uh, they're going to have a book discussion group uh, both at the main library and the Eltsville branch. And uh
2: They're going to do Twilight, right? Yep.
1: Okay. <laughs> and they're going to do Twilight at Eltsville as well. Um I think she's about to release her fourth book in this series, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a big hit with everybody. And I, I look forward to having to go into the meeting room at the Ellsville branch and tap them down because they're getting too noisy in there to <laughs> talk about this book because uh, they're all very excited about it. And our teen librarian, Sarah Bowman, will come out to the branch to conduct that program.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Well, I have a, a, a few other sort of, uh, I guess, housekeeping questions. Finances. I mean, how how are all your programs – Funded. Is it just through the library? Or you, you've mentioned some sponsors already. Do kids have to pay for anything?
2: We have great friends. <laughs> yeah, the
0: friends yeah. of
3: the all of our programs are free thanks uh-huh. to the friends of the library. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They
2: work all year long raising money uh, through book sale um, and other fundraising events. And they, uh, we just – we couldn't do programming. We couldn't have a summer reading program without them. Mm-hmm. Okay. The
3: final prize for the summer reading game is a, a paperback book that the children get to pick out from the prize collection, and that's all provided by uh, support from the Friends of the Library. Okay.
0: And you mentioned the fact that you go to all the schools in the community, and I wanted to, to talk a little bit about outreach. I, I think that, you know, and those of us who live in Bloomington and Monroe County realize that there are some. Some of our elementary schools are, are um, very well supported by parents, are we- very well supported by PTOs and, and have a uh, very high awareness of probably the need for summer reading and summer participation in, in programs. There, there may be a couple of other schools that, where there isn't that high of a participation among parents and maybe not the uh, drive from home to participate. How do you make sure that you have a good cross-section of kids from all over the community?
2: Get in those schools. We, I mean, uh, Stephanie and Lisa both said we, we go to every school and we establish relationships with the uh, media specialists in the school libraries there. Um, we try to also, not just schools, but, you know, go and do programming uh, in areas, in all areas of the of the county. So we do programming at the Banneker Center, mm-hmm. uh, the Bookmobile uh, and Outreach Services. Outreach Services has been doing programming at Head Starts uh, since, what, November, right? And I think they're going to continue doing that Mm -hmm. um, in the fall.
1: But even if a child hears us in a school and they never are able because they are dependent on their parents Mm -hmm. to bring them and to follow through. Because I know they are going home and they are telling them what they heard. They get so excited from our promotional visits. And I know that they go home and tell but they don't always get to come. But they have had that connection with the library through that that visit to the school. They've had a library service and over the years as we build this relationship with the schools and the kids they know us. We walk through the halls and they say, There's that library lady hey <laughs> Miss Stephanie and uh, Do you remember me? <laughs> Do you remember me? Yeah. Sure I remember, I remember your that. face. Um, and uh, over time, they they build a relationship with the library even if they never sit foot in there. Maybe someday when they grow up and they're driving their car and they have their own kids, they say, I want to do this because I had this good feeling from these visits that I had. So even those who who don't participate in our game board have had library service uh, through our school visits, which we do throughout the year, not just with our summer reading program. And I I just want to share a little story. Um, We do this half-hour presentation, and and we talk to the kids about our game board. Then we show a video that is made by our community access television station, CATS, and it's written by the children's department along with CATS, and I hope everybody gets a chance to see it on the CATS (laughs) website Mm -hmm. or Channel 3 because Josh here is – uh, uh, breaking all stereotypes of traditional li- <laughs> library service with his uh, with a- helmet with his active uh, skateboarding <laughs> through the library, but uh, as we, uh, as we show this video, which then reinforces in a visually literate way what the game 's about, and then after the video we talk again and we invite them to do this free summer program provided by our friends group, well, then they go home and they talk it up, and I had this one parent tell me. He came home, and he wanted to go right then. We knew we couldn't get this game board until <laughs> May 23rd, but it was Wednesday night. And to appease him, I had to bring him to the library. And once he was there, he was comforted that he hadn't missed anything. And, <laughs> and then he, she said he wasn't waiting for school to end. He was, count down, he was counting down to when summer reading started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so they get so excited about yeah. it. it in,
0: in terms of, you know, there are very real reasons why some parents won't be able to get their kids there, you know, transportation reasons they're working, um, mm-hmm. daycare, whatever the issues are. Um, are there in terms of outreach, are there ways to get some of these kids help?
3: That's something that we're looking at all the time. Uh, right now we really rely on the bookmobile and the stops that they're making around the community. Um, especially when we visit schools that are far from the library, we'll emphasize that they can play uh, the reading game. They can participate by visiting the bookmobile. Um,
1: but they can also print off the starter.
3: Yes, and page. for folks who have Internet access from home, they can yeah. print out a, a reading log um, and get started that way. Uh, but, yeah, we realize that that a lot of kids are dependent upon the adults in their lives to bring them to the library or to help them participate. And we, when we visit the schools, we send home with each child a little flyer with uh, the start date and just basic info and encourage them to hand that to their parents and mm-hmm. – Put it on the fridge and encourage mm-hmm. you know tell them about it. Yeah. Um, but we're also trying to reach some of those other children through through uh, bookmobile service.
0: Yeah. Well, it's too bad you can't just load them all into the bookmobile, <laughs> drive around for there a while. And, you know, that'd be good. All right, we've hit a uh, uh, time for to take a break. Today. So uh, our phone number is, again, 855 877 And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We're talking about what's available for children this summer in the Monroe County Public Library here in Bloomington and in Ellettsville. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
5: www.southdunnstreet.info If you're a person on the go, you can take WFIU programs with you. We're podcasting. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer. Listen anytime from your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential. The Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and movie, play, and opera reviews. You can find out how with a visit to our website at wfiu.org.
0: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald-Times. Mary Catherine Carmichael cannot be with us today, but I have three guests. Um, Stephanie Holman is the Ellettsville Children's Librarian. Joshua Wolf is here from the Monroe County Public Library. He's the Children's Services Manager. And the Assistant Manager, Lisa Champelli is also here. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or send your email to noon at indiana.org edu and uh, we sure would like to hear from some people from home. We can carry on this conversation for probably another hour and a half but uh, if you have questions or comments please feel free to to give us a call. One thing that um, Josh was talking about on on the break and I guess I'm just going to ask the question this way. If uh, somebody has say an overdue library fee, Uh, you know, and they walk into the library, well, a bunch of sirens go off and, you know, (laughs) lights start flashing.
2: We have throwing hatchets and and the whole thing happens. Well, our our director, Sarah, in a discussion with her, she mentioned uh, to me that she had done research or read research that indicated a lot of adults who don't, who are not library users, when asked why not, they really thought that their library credit rating, as it were, had been ruined as a child. And they had never, you know, they just never go back. And we tell kids a lot in these visits that Stephanie's talking about, you can always come back to the library, even if you, even if you really do owe a lot. I always tell them I owe twenty seven hundred dollars. I make up a big, big thing. (laughs) But we'll work with you. And uh, I think that's a message that doesn't get out a lot because we have sort of a hardcore image, which we, you know, allow (laughs) to continue. you can pay 10 percent
1: at a time to work that down. You don't have to pay it all at once. That helps a lot. And yeah, I think uh, um, people don't understand even what their fees are. So just call us up even if if you're afraid, yeah. afraid of the hatchets that Josh was mentioning. We won't trace <laughs> yeah. the call.
0: They're storytellers. The hatchets, <laughs> not true. Not, not true. true. Not true of
2: the hatchets. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, I, I want to – you were talking about the uh, age range that you have. You said birth to probably sixth grade. Mm-hmm. For um, – I, I would think you would get a fair number of – of parents of of toddlers who are looking for something to do in the summer what kind of program do you, do you have for uh, for them say somebody with their 2 year old that just started asking why every time <laughs> uh, you know for er- everything that happens
1: mm-hmm. the library is a great place to it's get your
3: crazy. answer to why
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
3: We have a number of uh, different story times. Um, uh, The last Wednesday of the month, we have a story hour extravaganza in the auditorium uh, that includes songs and um, uh, films as well as storytelling. Um, uh, Mary Fraser is a, a tremendous, um, li- librarian and storyteller who does our infant and toddler programs and has a program for uh tuneful called tuneful twos. It's especially for those curious two year olds, uh, as well as, um, a s- separate program for, uh, babies and, uh, children who are one year old mm-hmm. and, uh, um, Christina Jones, another librarian in our department, has really uh, developed special interest in the Every Child Ready to Read initiative that our library has adopted that is really trying to explain to parents that it's never too early to start reading to your child, that babies uh, need to be read Mm to. And and we'll be offering some workshops about that throughout the year as well as providing information on our website. It's there already on our website.
4: (laughs)
0: Okay. Uh, what, what's the relationship between the, the main library and the Ellettsville
1: branch? We, we, Do you call
0: it the Ellettsville branch. Ellettsville for, branch, yeah. right, mm-hmm.
1: and the main branch, not the main library and the Ellettsville branch. And <laughs> yeah, the rebels. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we are uh, very closely affiliated with the children's services. I am actually under the auspices of the Ellettsville branch, uh, not the children's services, but we work very closely together. In fact, with summer reading We will meet in August to review, while it's still fresh in our mind, how the summer went. Uh, I'll come over to the main branch and meet with these uh, incredible folks at the children's department. And you want to talk about a a good meeting to attend. Uh, Lots of fun at these meetings. And then in November, we really start in earnest. Very serious. Oh, oh, yeah. I to say that. We're professionals. (laughs) And then in in November, we start once again to... um, to really brainstorm, uh, you know, what we'll do with that theme that the that comes from the state library, and then uh, what we'll do uh, with our timeline and preparing. There's a lot of work that goes into what we hope is looking pretty easy right now down in the children's department and at the Ellsville branch. And so I work with them uh, very closely throughout the year. And, uh, and, and and so we really work together on the summer reading program, but other elements of the year also. And back to your young child uh, question, young, young children's programming, we really do a lot of infant and toddler and preschooler programming all through the year. And and frankly, at, at the summertime, I, I have to tone that down a little bit, and I emphasize mm-hmm. the school-age programming because they're out and available and, and a little less busy. So we, we try, to, try to offer more for them in the summer and a little less for the preschoolers. But then during the school year, you'll, you'll find the preschool uh, programs increasing, but we still have lots of options for school kids all through the year. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And what about your relationship with uh, librarians in the public schools? Or are they now called media specialists?
2: Media <laughs> specialists—is uh-huh. that yeah. what you guys are called?
1: No, no. Your
0: children's librarian.
1: Uh,
2: we're not. yeah. <laughs> but, well, we're specialists, but uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we try to maintain our partnerships with them. Uh, we're we're on their list serve, and we and at, at university school, Mary Deliso is a former uh, MCPL librarian, children's mm-hmm. librarian. So um, a lot of our goals are the same. They're, they're, they have some constraints with curriculum and stuff, but we did a survey, a community-wide survey, as part of our strategic plan uh, at the beginning of the year, and 67% of respondents who were mailed this survey said that they thought the main role for the library in the future should be literacy and education, um, which is pretty pretty significant, you know, almost 70%. So we do tend to work closely with the schools as best as we can. I mean, yeah, I have a great lot.
1: relationship with the... Uh... Media specialists out in uh, the Richland Bean Blossom School District, which is the district I serve with the branch. And they are very uh, aware of what we do and that our goals are similar. And I sit in on a lot of committee work at the schools to to, uh, marry those goals together. But often the media specialist invites me into the school Mm -hmm. at different times. For instance, they have their accelerated reading program all through the school year where a child can read a book and then take a computer quiz on it. And uh, when they reach a certain uh, level on that, then I come into the schools and, and do some storytelling to reward them for their reading. So So there's all kinds of times throughout the year where we're invited in to partner with those folks. Mm-hmm. It's important uh, to have. Good.
0: Okay. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811, 877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. And I know that, that Josh and Lisa and, and Stephanie all want to hear from you. They want to know what you uh, would like from them yeah. and uh, the, the, the different suggestions you might have about the children's library, library, library situation. So just feel free to give us a call uh, or send us an email. But you don't feel sorry for us. We're fine. We'll, we will we will carry on here if you don't want to join. But we would we would we would appreciate it if you if you gave us some uh, call.
3: I'm sure uh, all those parents of children are at the library right now. That's probably what they're
0: doing. That's right. Um, so okay, here's a question I have to ask. I know it's probably hard for you to believe, but I can remember when I was a little kid going to the library, and uh, you know you couldn't keep me out of the Curious George area or the Dr. Seuss area. Oh, are, yeah. What? Has anything replaced them, oh. or is that still where the Never. every kid <laughs> Those goes?
1: Those are some <laughs> of the classic Are you kidding? <laughs> well, they'll live on. Don't worry, Bob.
2: Okay, it is right. strange that uh, in our collection services, they just they just ran a report. Um, Pam Wasmer just just figured out that in children's older picture books, they don't. I mean, if they stick around, their, their circulations don't go down. Uh-huh. So these classics, because all the parents come in. If you took a child into a, a you know, the children's department today, that's probably right where you would still go. <laughs> we all remember that, you know. it wow,
0: makes me feel better. So, are there are there new classics coming up that uh, that kids will be talking about? you know, 40 years from now.
3: Yeah, we all have, I think, some of our new favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Mo Willems and Nuffle Bunny and uh, and some uh, yeah. of the early readers that he has out now. There's a bird on your head. And, uh, my so, friend is sad. My friend is sad. So um, that's part of the joy of our job is getting to uh, learn about some of the great new books that are coming mm-hmm. out and being able to recommend them uh, to To kids, you know, we'll have kids ask, Can I read this book I have at home? And of course, but you know, we've got a whole (laughs) bunch of new great things at the library. Just, uh, I'm sure we'll be able to help you find one that interests you. Uh
1: In fact, when I go to the schools, I always remind them we're not reading teachers, we're readers' advisors. We help people find the right book for the right person at the right time. And uh, we, we help them find this. And just yesterday, Lisa, I had this young person at the desk who uh, had one of those questions we all love where they just have a couple clues. And, you know, hopefully it's not the book was green (laughs) and tall. But uh, she told me that it's a, a series of picture books and it's about a bird. And that was all I got from her. So I fished a little more, and that's when I learned it was a pigeon. And and I went, oh, that's uh, the pigeon series by Mo Willems. Mm-hmm. And we were able to head right out there for that. So this is our specialty: is knowing, we, you know, these new books that come in, getting to know them. In fact, I was just sharing with them that I highly recommend a new picture book that came out called Oni, the Postal uh, Carriers. Pouch Pooch, and it's a true story. It's based on a true story of a dog that in the 1800s helped the postal carriers mm-hmm. and traveled around the United States with them. So there's new stuff all the time, and, and we, we uh, do help out the Herald Times with a book list they have every summer so people can look to that. But yes. we have book lists on our website that mm-hmm. people all over the world email mm-hmm. us about and thank us for, yeah. and a book, set, book lists in paper form in the library. And then you can ask us, and we'll work with your child in a reference interview to figure out— what kinds of things they're interested in, what age they are, and and what they might want to read, and and really help them leave with an armload of good things.
2: Yeah, and and the other favorite question is, I hate reading. I don't (laughs) even want to read. And then it's, well, what do you like? You know? Yeah. And finding stuff like and that. Sometimes yeah.
3: it's the kids that introdu- introduce us to new titles or yeah. make oh, us yeah. aware of some things that we should add to our reading lists. I, I don't think we can keep enough copies of Diary of a Wimpy Kid <laughs> in stock. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, hey,
1: that's a big one now.
3: And uh, our story times are also um, on, some of our story times are now also on the CATS channel, the library channel. And so it's uh, for folks who have cable away to uh see us share some of our favorite classics as well as some new titles. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention the last couple of years, um, the the American Library Association established a new award. There's some of the uh, longstanding awards for um, novels and children's picture books, the Newbery and the Caldecott Awards, but there's a new award for early readers that's named after Dr. Seuss. I see. Um, okay. So some of those early readers. So
0: for those early reader um, books, uh, do you have – certain sort of qualities that you look for? I mean, what makes a great children's book?
1: Well, Dr. Seuss did write the very first controlled vocabulary, uh, easy reader. It was Cat in the Hat. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Little Bear was coming out and, and the publishers were meeting a need that they heard from librarians and from teachers, which was that kids needed something as they moved from the picture books into the longer chapter books. They needed these transitional uh, books that helped them. And so an early reader would be one that has a controlled vocabulary, meaning it has a limited vocabulary that sometimes repeats itself. And the words that are chosen are ones that they can acquire to some degree easily. And, uh, so we read, read reviews for these uh, books to see if they're well-reviewed and wh- whether, what age they're for and if they meet a need that we have in the library. We have a lot of things in our selection process when we're looking for these books, including our budget. And uh, um, But there are so many great things. I mean, mm-hmm. there are thousands of books published every year for children through young adults. Mm-hmm. And our job is to try and winnow that down to uh, – and we have some great selectors who help us with that.
0: Let me ask you the same question about about teens and young adults because it seems like that's that's an area where you know, there are so many varied interests and there are also so many varied levels of sort of experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, how do you sort through that to come up with a, a range of books that you think would be popular?
2: By that point, the the interview, the reference interview, as it were, it, you're usually asking what they read before. And then trying to give them... A lot of teens and young adults tend to be a little more shy approaching the desk.
1: browsing on their own a little more. Yeah. Word of mouth from their friends Mm -hmm. is a... Sometimes more valuable than our recommendations.
2: <laughs> right, right. Or strategically had, placed displays, yeah, yeah. if you can. Yeah, book get, lists, yeah. You know.
1: But so, we just had some teens in yesterday. And uh, out at the Ellisville branch, we have a wonderful young adult collection. And it really is the best of the best because we can only afford. So we're reading those reviews. We're getting the highly uh, popular and the high quality items. And we're, we're keeping some of the classics that are always going to be important to teens. Um, but there's a lot of new stuff coming out too. But I had these two girls come up, and uh, she was sheepishly asking up for a story about romance. And she even said, Oh, that's embarrassing to ask for. <laughs> and then she described to me that she, she, the kind of romance she wanted, you know, with a little supernatural in it too. And I, I started doing what we call a, a book talk out in the stacks, where we walk out there with them. We continue to do this reference interview that we do with all ages and assessing what they want. And I described a couple titles to them. And there were two girls. And they were so excited. about it. They literally giggled with delight. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was able to get a couple copies so they could read them together. And uh, that was just refreshing. And it, and it actually happens quite a little bit that these teens will ask us. But I think a lot of them are finding these on their own mm-hmm. as yeah. well.
3: And working with the selectors to just make sure that we've got a a wide variety of uh, genres and um, things that that are going to meet the reading abilities of kids at different levels. and listening to our patrons and, and what they're asking for, uh, the young adult department are, uh, has had a graphic novel collection that, that we're looking to expand now because we've just had so much interest in graphic novels and the children's department is establishing a separate graphic novel collection now as well.
0: So graphic no- is graphic novel and comic book the same thing?
3: Mm, depends on who you ask. Yeah, yeah, that's a highly contested. <laughs> yeah. I could take
2: you to some some really bloodthirsty yeah. committee meetings. About that. <laughs> Essentially, yes, a, a story that that arcs through panels of pictures right. and speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. I think they they picked up graphic novel to try to get us away from the superhero stereotype. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that was actually a very serious question on my part I, I didn't know right. no they went and
2: they are circulating like gangbusters there's, there's uh-huh. a ton of graphic novels that are even in nonfiction now history and biographies that they just do very very well yeah. kids respond to that kind of storytelling
0: yeah okay Eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight and 877 285 9348 and noonatindiana.edu uh, if you want to ask uh, Joshua Wolfe or Lisa Champelli or Stephanie Holman a question um yeah, you know, the graphic novel comic book thing. I mean, I remember, again, all those years ago, you know, reading, you know, all my favorite comic books. Mm-hmm. We didn't call them graphic novels at the time. And I and I was, I'm sure, um, getting a whole lot more value out of those than mm-hmm. anybody would have told me at the time, you know, mm-hmm. that I was actually reading things.
2: So. Yeah, I remember librarians kind of looking down on comic books mm-hmm. in my experience as a child. So. This does sort of represent a turnaround. We still get patrons who are surprised that we have there's those.
1: There's research. There's research. There's research. <laughs> we're quick to it, tell them. Yeah. It, 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 quick, it uh, actually uh, – comic books that you enjoyed actually uh, increase your vocabulary. Uh, and because you have to intuit a lot from the visual as well as the mm-hmm. words uh, – so there there's a, a lot to benefit from a comic book and and it's not just the reluctant reader that enjoys those uh, heavy duty readers love them too and it's just it's just like everything you know the library's a buffet and you come in and you try a little of this and try a little of that and and um and get a balanced life and a little foundation of of literacy there from us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: all right. all right, we have a phone call and it's oh, L- my yeah, we have a phone call and it's Linda Linda go ahead
4: one of my fondest memories as a child, I'm talking uh, 6 through maybe 12, was going to the library, particularly in the summer when they had the summer reading programs, because all the way through the 8th grade, I think, if you read so many books, they came to your school the first of the year and had a convocation or something and uh, passed out awards and certificates uh usually for reading so many books during the summer and just a bit of recognition but that wasn't the that wasn't the fun thing the fun thing was reading the books oh, yeah. and i probably that's where i read uh boxcar children or uh-huh. boxcar kids mm-hmm. and um the the Dr. Doolittle. Remember the Dr. Doolittle's I'm telling you how old I am here. <laughs> but I remember those programs so well, and I really feel like that having the privilege to uh, live in a town where we had such a fine library and a fine program really influenced um, my life.
0: Oh, thank you, Linda. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. Surely. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would say similar things, but thank mm-hmm. you, Linda, for calling. We have an email that just came in. It says, could you talk a little bit uh, about your much-anticipated upcoming children's graphic novel section? Mm-hmm. And then there's a second question. It um, just says, Although, also, we loved attending the story time that you had last summer for older kids. We'd love to see more of that throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. So
3: Good. Good.
0: you can react to both of those.
2: Um, uh, a lot of libraries do have uh, a, a graphic novel separate section, like a browsing collection. We, have, we do have a ton of graphic novels in the children's area already. Um, they're just spread throughout fiction and, and nonfiction in all ages. So we are already in the process of pulling and giving them their own collection code. We've got only about a cart so far, but they will be – if you just come into the children's desk and ask where they are, we can show you um, – They should be filling the shelf soon. We're buying new ones, too, to sort of augment that.
1: And we'll have that at the Ellettsville branch, too, uh, Mm -hmm. a separate children's collection as well. Um, I just, I didn't know if there was anything else you want to say about graphic novels. But I just wanted to, on Linda's uh, comment earlier, share with you that uh, a mother came in. We get lots of stories like this all the time. Her pre kindergartner came in last summer for the reading game, and older sister was doing the game, and little sister was thrilled that she could do it too. And because older sister was leading the way, little sister was um, really working hard to read lots of stories over the summer, and the mother says to me that I know. It's your summer reading program is the reason why my kindergarten – she's a kindergartner now – is reading at a third-grade level. It all started last summer with mm-hmm. your reading game. Uh, so there's lots of anecdotes like that that we yeah. get all the time and I just love hearing that from Linda too. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Um, the, the second part of this email, are question about the uh, story times for older kids. Yeah.
3: Uh, we're all members of the Bloomington Storytellers Guild. A lot of the librarians are um, storytellers as well as readers. And we do try to have a couple times during the summer especially and, and other times throughout the year have some storytelling programs that are targeted to older school age children. And so we are doing this summer uh, in keeping with our bug theme, bugs of all kinds, some Anansi stories. Anansi is a trickster character from folklore, a spider, uh, who, uh, who gets into all kinds of trouble. And so we'll have a variety of stories about Anansi, and that'll be a program in the auditorium on uh, Monday, June 23rd. And we will also be telling some creepy campfire tales Ooh. in the auditorium <laughs> on Thursday, July 10th. And,
0: and what, what age group are you looking for there?
3: It's open—the Anansi stories are open to school-age children in general, K through 6. They probably have the most appeal to about that third-grade level, Um, but— but they're really uh, good stories for, for a wide age range. Mm-hmm. And then the creepy campfire tales are targeted a little bit older just uh, so we can tell some slightly spooky ones yeah. to second <laughs> through sixth graders. Ooh. And um, and we encourage children then to uh, take those stories and, and tell them themselves on their – Is there a things. hook involved
0: with any of <laughs> these creepy stories? Uh, <laughs> we don't go to the some hook. No. The hook. Wait, <laughs> I can't take the hook. <laughs> <laughs> All right I, I have to ask before you know we have about five minutes left in the program. I have to ask about the um the the new technologies and the use of of technology today, and what kind of differences that's meant for being a children 's mm-hmm. librarian
3: mm-hmm. gosh that's a yeah another fun part of our job is keeping up with some of the new technologies that are coming out um, and looking to see um just the different options kids have for finding information through some of our electronic resources, looking at the additional ways children have of adjo- enjoying stories. In addition to our favorite books, there are stories that are on CD-ROMs and audio books. Um, we're developing a downloadable uh, audio book collection. Um, and... Uh, and, of course, the web has really expanded options for kids from – we have a Tumble Books sur- a subscription service, which is uh, available through our website where um, kids can find electronic books as well as puzzles and games to read. Uh, puzzles and games to read? Uh, well, they really, <laughs> stories they're, they're to read. they
2: literacy games and, yeah. the, and there are a lot of really well-known children's picture books are in that. So uh-huh. you can get onto the web and the book will be read to you. Um, and then you can play games with the characters and stuff. Yeah, our
1: so. website um, for all ages is a, a place to go for accurate, helpful, informative links. Mm-hmm. We work very hard for children through adults to really create uh, pathways that are helpful and accurate and safe. And and if you go to the children's website, you're going to find some games that are that are age-appropriate and, and safe sites to go to. And, and we talk a lot about that on our webpage. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Now, what, what's the uh, address for the webpage?
1: It's www.mcpl.info
3: and then a forward slash and children's to get to the children's home page. Okay.
0: And we have another, phone, another email. So it says, hi there. I have a seven-month-old and have basically been reading to her and showing her books and she could focus her eyes. Oh, but she's That's crawling great. now and interested in everything except sitting still. She mm. also just wants to chew all the board, all yeah. the board books and that ruins them. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations about how to read to an infant of this age? Thanks for talking about this today and hi to you to uh, emailer." <laughs> all right.
3: Oh gosh! seven month old um cloth books yeah well, that 's yeah. what they make
1: those books for you yeah. know the board books are
3: yeah, and it's you know we have an art we have plenty of chewed on books, not to worry even about chewing on the library books we
2: uh, <laughs> we do it ourselves
3: sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that 's what babies do it 's part of how they learn um to be able to find times when your seven month old is uh at her, at his or her most calm. Uh, to try to really get get through a story, but even just to read uh, as much as as they're willing to to listen to, just to just to read a page, you know, not to worry about getting through that whole story. It's the it's the sound of your voice, the the words that you're sharing, the the rhymes that 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 child is enjoying.
2: And the closeness, and we mm-hmm. emphasize all the time, follow their lead. If they get up and start bringing you something, just put the book aside. Don't ever try to.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
2: like you said finish the book mm-hmm. or, or or enforce a regular time if it's not working and in our
1: baby programs a lot of people worry oh my child won't sit still oh, yeah. oh they're they're my child won't look. well our programs are designed to help your children through their ages and stages of development and and we don't mind a wanderer we don't mind the mm-hmm. the verbal uh, practices in the middle of story time we are helping your child learn how to be in a social group and and listen to in a group setting
3: all right we do have a whole a series of handouts in the children's department that give recommendations for how to read stories and books to choose for children at specific age levels beginning at birth.
0: Okay. Nicole, thanks for that question. All right. We are out of time. It went very quickly, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime to talk you. more about this topic. Thank uh, you. I want to thank Joshua Wolf from Monroe County Public Library, as well as Lisa Champelli, who's also from MCPL, and uh, from the Monroe County Public Library at Ellettsville, Stephanie Holman. Thanks, uh, all of you, for being here today. Uh, for Mary Catherine Carmichael, who wasn't with us, for producers Ariana Prothero and Catherine Hagerman, and engineer John Shelton, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for